0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, what is going on, everybody? How are you doing? What's up? Welcome to a unplanned, and I truly mean that, completely unplanned, Monday morning, uh, we'll call this a mini-pod solo version of Talking Buffalo podcast. Of course, Talking Buffalo podcast, part of the Blue Iron Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate each and every single one of you. This is not going to be long. Let me just say that right off the bat. I said mini-pod. I meant mini-pod. And I don't even... (laughs) I can't sleep, all right? I can't goddamn sleep. It is... 20 after one in the morning right now. Overnight Sunday. Going into Monday. I'm like wired. I'm shook. This weekend, the NFL, all this action, it has me shook. And I felt like I had to record a little something. something. Now let me set other things up for this week because I usually don't do these solos. And when I do, they're not long, quite frankly, not very good. But today, you know, I don't give a shit, man. I just got a couple things I want to hit on quickly. No deep diving into anything. Want to let you know. Before I even get into anything, tomorrow, Tuesday's episode, I'm really excited. I got Benjamin Albright. He's been out a few times. Benjamin Albright is a national NFL insider, sports analyst, commentator. Love Benjamin. He's got a very big following. He's got like 120,000 people on Twitter. We'll talk Buffalo Bills, New England, of course, obviously, they're playing New England. If you're listening, you obviously know that already. Uh, we'll talk about that game. We'll talk some NFL stuff. I'm also going to ask Ben because... He's obviously very piped in to what's going on in Denver. Nick Banjo just got fired. Uh, I I think I might've heard him say that Brian Dable or Leslie Frazier, one or both could be candidates for that job. So we'll talk to him about that. So that's going to be Tuesday. Wednesday, I plan on having a a bonus episode on Wednesday. Not sure who it's going to be to be completely honest with you folks. Um, Ben's a national guy. I want to get some local perspective. So I'm going to look somebody, Buffalo, whether it's a mainstream media person, whether it's a a Buffalo Bills podcast, or I want to get somebody on for Wednesday's show and kind of really deep dive into a lot of stuff going on with the Buffalo Bills. So that'll be Wednesday. And of course, Friday, my man, Joe Yarden, Casual Friday, we rock that every Friday. That's not just Bills. We'll talk Bills, but of course we also talk Sabres. We do a pop culture draft every week. Lots of fun, but that's later on this week. Uh, Again, I'm not going to deep dive into anything. Just got some quick thoughts. And I got a Tremaine Edmonds. And you know what, Tremaine, I wanted to do this originally because I have a take on Tremaine Edmonds. I'll save that for the end, though. Let's first start by saying this. Here's what we know right now as you're waking up Monday. uh, The Bills have won the AFC East for a second straight year. They beat the Jets on Sunday, 27-10. We already know that. Uh, They're the three seed. They're the three seed after the Cincinnati Bengals and a bunch of backups lost to the Cleveland Browns. Um, we know that the Bills are going to be playing Saturday night, primetime, Orchard Park, round three, New England Patriots. Uh, we also now know the full NFL schedule for wildcard weekend. Vegas at Cincy, 4.30 p.m. on Saturday. <laughs> I can't believe Vegas. Wow. Anyway, that Saturday, Bills play Saturday night. Triple header on Sunday, we got Philly at Tampa, Frisco, Dallas, Pittsburgh at Kansas City, uh, Monday night, Arizona at the Rams. There's your first round wildcard weekend of football. I came into Sunday, and I'm being completely honest, folks, there were two things that I primarily wanted to see happen. Well, not counting the Bills winning. Of course, the Bills always take precedent. The Bills handling their own business, playing the Jets, winning, winning the division. That was the biggest thing. Not counting the Bills. Two things primarily I really was hoping to see. One of them came true. One of them probably is not. First and foremost, I wanted to avoid the Indianapolis Colts next week. That was number one. Nothing to do with the Colts. I did not like, I know it's one game, but that 41-15 ass whooping in Buffalo earlier this year left a a big impression on me. It's just, they're not, they weren't, a good matchup for Buffalo. Sometimes, you know, you hear the, the term styles make fights. Well, fucking Indianapolis has a style that I don't think is a good fit for Buffalo, all right? Now, don't matter anymore, though, does it? But still, I did not like that. So that was one thing I did not want to see. And then the other thing was going into this weekend, I wanted to see a decreased chance of the Bills having to go on the road and play the Kansas City Chiefs in week two, the divisional round. We got the first part. That was a success. Indy's out. More on that in a second, by the way. Uh, The second's not out, though. You know, Kansas City, who should have lost to Denver on Saturday night, by the way, or Saturday afternoon. That game still pisses me off. But because of the way things played out, the craziness of this weekend, there were a lot of teams that I thought Kansas City could potentially lose to in the first round. The Chargers, the Raiders, uh, the Ravens, if they would have got in. There's one team that doesn't scare me at all. Not even a little bit for the chiefs and that's the freaking Pittsburgh Steelers. And guess what? The Pittsburgh Steelers somehow got into the playoffs. And, uh, and by the way, the Colts obviously would have been a team that could have threatened Kansas city. I don't think Pittsburgh's a threat. I don't think uh, Vegas doesn't think so either, because I tell you what, the chiefs are 13 and a half points. Uh, that's the opening line. But anyway, look, the chiefs are going to beat the Steelers. All right. So, they're going in the second round. That means if the Bills win against New England, you're looking at a Buffalo at Kansas City uh, second round game. And again, I don't want to deep dive in any of that. That's not what this uh, little mini pot here is about. The big thing, though, is the Colts, man. <laughs> how, do, how do you lose it to the Jacksonville Jaguars when everything's on the line? Now, the Bills lost to the Jaguars. I get it. We've seen some wacky-ass shit all goddamn season long. I know that. But come on, man. Come on. Your season is quite literally on the line. All you got to do to get in the playoffs is go beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. I can't when you consider it's one thing when one team has to win, but when both teams have motivation for something, it's just look, the Colts all they had to do is win, but that it's not even that. They played the Jacksonville Jaguars and all the Jags had to do is lose. And they locked into the top pick of the draft. They get the number one overall pick in the draft if they go out and lose. And why nobody going to blame them for losing? Because everybody thought they were going to lose. And you're the Colts, and you go out, and you didn't just lose, man. You got your asses handed to you. You got shit smacked. Come on, man. I watched a lot of that game, by the way. Because I was locked in because I did not want to play the Colts. I thought, (laughs) if you could get rid of the Colts out of the playoffs, that's one way the Bills don't have to worry about playing the Colts. Is the Colts not even making the freaking playoffs, right? So I watched, I didn't just have Red Zone on at one o'clock. I watched a lot of that game and I was pissed off at halftime. Pissed. And the reason why I was pissed is because uh, the Colts were only down 13 3. The Jaguars should have been up like 24 3. At least. It was like, all right, they really don't want to win this game. And I wouldn't blame them. They want the top pick. No. The Colts weren't having that. Unfucking believable, dude. And look, I love Frank Reich. You know, Buffalo Bills forever. Great coach. Well, good coach. I don't call How can you call someone a great coach when you can't get your team uh, over the hump to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars? That is, that's an all-time choke job. The Colts losing to the Jaguars in week 18 when all you had to do was win to get in the playoffs. That is, that's an all-time choke job. Maybe not all time, but it's certainly in recent years is one of the biggest choke jobs I've seen. It's crazy. You know, if you would have said before the season started, by the way, before the season started or even a couple weeks into the season, all right, if you would have told me before this shit started that the Indianapolis Colts, that the Cleveland Browns, that uh, the Baltimore Ravens would all miss the playoffs, that the, that the Los Angeles Chargers, all these teams would have missed the playoffs. I would have said, you're absolutely batshit nuts, crazy. But folks, that's exactly what happened. And I'll tell you, these are teams that I, in a way, I like it because I don't like when the Bills play a physical running team, which is kind of ironic because I'm happy to play the Patriots. More on that in a second. But, you know, the Browns, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, if he's healthy, all the Ravens, even though the Bills beat them in the playoffs last year, the Ravens could run the football or at least before all the running backs got hurt and Lamar got hurt. The Colts, we already talked about them. I'm good. I'd be, I'm happy that they're not in the playoffs for the Bills sake. I just can't believe all these teams missed the playoffs. But here, and here's the thing too. I like look. You you, you get into the playoffs. That's all that matters. And you beat the team that's in front of you. You're going to have to win what four games to win a Super Bowl? Simple as that. You're going to have to beat all these teams anyway. You have to beat the best of the best if you want to win a championship. I get that. But I wanted like any like every fan. And I'm admitting this. I'm a fan. You always want easier path. And quite frankly. I think the Bills have the tougher path by finishing third as a third seed than they do if they would have been the fourth seed. I think the Cincinnati Bengals at four have the better path. Now, that don't mean nothing. It might not mean anything. I mean, they could go out and get smacked this weekend. But I'll tell you, they're playing the Raiders in round one, which who knows what the Raiders have left in the tank after that game on Sunday night. I mean, that shit was just crazy tonight. But they got the Raiders in round one. And then if since he gets past the Raiders at home, which they should, you move on to Tennessee in round two. Tennessee, Derrick Henry is going to be back, but who knows how effective he's going to be. Uh, the, who knows that Tennessee is going to have a little bit of rust after having a bye this week, or this coming week, I should say. Lots of questions there. I think a potential Raiders-Tennessee path for Cincinnati is semi-significantly easier than a New England Patriots at Kansas City path. And again, that's not to say the Bills can't beat those teams. They absolutely can. And the Bengals could lose to the Raiders or Tennessee. I'm just saying, path-wise, it just feels like Cincinnati got a little bit of a a break, quite frankly, by being the 4 seed. Now, they didn't lose on purpose to the Browns. The Bengals won their division. And they said the, the worth, the, the risk wasn't worth the reward to play guys like Joey Burrow And Jamar Chase played a little bit just to break the, the Cincinnati receiving record. But aside from that, a lot of their starters sat. And I don't blame them. They, didn't have, they had more to lose in the game if they would have played their starters if somebody got hurt. So I get it. But I think that benefited the Bengals. But anyway, I got what I wanted with the Colts. I did not get what I wanted with the Chiefs. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs scared me the, the most. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be completely honest with y'all. The Kansas City Chiefs have scared me. Even when they were playing like shit earlier in the year, they still scare me the most. They always have. You know, I had Jerry Sullivan on the show, I don't know, six, six weeks ago. It was before the Bills played in New England the first time in Orchard Park. And I remember this conversation. We were talking and I said, if your life depended on getting right, who would come out of the AFC and go to the Super Bowl? Not what your heart says, not what your logic says, but if your like life literally depended i getting it right. Who's going to come out of the AFC? Who would you take? And he said, at that time, New England. And I said, at that time, the same team I'm going to tell you right now. the Fucking Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs scare me. If I had to bet my life of a team to come out of the AFC, top seed, second seed, third seed, whatever. It has to be the Chiefs. How can it not be the Chiefs, folks? They've been there two straight years. They've been in the Super Bowl, I'm talking about, two straight years. We all know they got the offense. Patrick Mahomes, he ain't gone away. He's still elite. Kelsey, Hill, tons of weapons. The defense has played at least respectable for large. I'll tell you what, when the offense was a complete disaster or a mess, the defense is kind of what held this team together. For the defense, who knows where this team would have been for like a good five, six-week stretch, right? So we know they could play at least a little bit of defense. Melvin Ingram has been a big pickup for them, acquisition, I should say. The Chiefs are da- they're dangerous man they they're, they got the talent, they got the pedigree, they got the experience, they got the coach, they got the quarterback. So, they got the weapons. It's this is going to be tough man. They're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. Let's just just leave it at that, okay? I, so I got half of what I wanted. We're probably again, if the Bills can get past the New England Patriots and I'm certainly not looking at uh, you know ahead of New England, but we're staring at a second round, divisional round, Buffalo at Kansas City, Arrowhead Stadium, rematch from this year, uh, dead in the face. Real quick break, a couple quick thoughts on the Bills, win over the Jets, and uh, I want to talk about Tremaine Emmons for just a minute, so be right back.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance.
1: All right, I'm back. And again, real quick here, like I said, not deep diving into any specific things from this Bills game on Sunday. I'll talk a little more with Ben and a couple other guests throughout the week. Beat the Jets 27-10, pretty, uh, you know what? It wasn't really a a fun, well, it's a fun game if you like defense. If if you like the Buffalo Bills defense and you don't really care about the offense, this was a hell of a game. It was a lot of fun then, right? But it was kind of ugly, man, wasn't it? Kind of ugly but never in danger. You know, it was never like, oh shit, man, the Jets could pull this game out. The Bills better be careful. They're going to lose this game. Never felt like that. I always felt like it was inevitable. It's just a matter of when the Bills would turn it up. And as it turns out, that it really happened in the fourth quarter. They scored 14 unanswered, put them away, made a 13-10 game, uh, a 27-10 final. You know, but, and again, just a few quick thoughts here, and I'm going to save a lot of these like topical discussions for, whether it's been on Tuesday or whatever I have on on Wednesday during the week on the Potter, Joe, you're on, on Friday, but, I'll say this, Josh was okay throwing the ball. You know, Josh Allen, all right, but not spectacular, but whatever, man. Here's the, bi- here's the biggest thing, no sacks, no turnovers. Uh, he ran for 63 yards with his legs. So even, you know, even when his arm's not going great, he's still a weapon. And four years now, we keep hearing about, well, maybe Josh shouldn't run the ball. You know what? Josh is going to, as long as Josh Allen's a Buffalo Bill, he's going to run the football. He's going to do what he's got to do to win the game. That's what he does. He's a warrior, okay? I love Josh Allen right now. I love him. He's not without flaw. Don't get me wrong. He was erratic on Sunday, by the way. At least at times. A little bit of erratic. Throwing the football. He's going to have to be better. He'll tell you he's got to be better. Everyone knows he's got to be better. You know him in the Super Bowl, you got to be better, right? But uh, he's all right. The running game is what, If I'm excited about something with the Bills' offense right now, it seems like they're getting the running game going. Devin Singletary had another good game. He had 88 yards on 19 carries, touchdown. Uh, He caught a tutty at the end, too. So two scores for him in the fourth quarter. But as a team, including Josh, the Bills ran for 170 yards on 33 attempts. That's the shit you might have to do to beat New England if the elements are bad. Or that's the shit you might have to do to go to Kansas City in round two and control the clock a little bit. You don't, don't necessarily want to get into a 45-42 game with Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. You got to be able to run the ball, right? That, plus, it sets up a lot of stuff, too. So the Bills seemingly improved the ability to run the football, which, by the way, no coincidence, the offensive line looks cohesive now for the first time, maybe this year. I really love Ryan Bates in a guard. I think the line is significantly better with Bates at guard. It just, there's something about this line that just feels like it's clicking now. To be fair... I mean, they beat New England, which is a tough team, but they've also beat up on, you know, Atlanta and the New York Jets over the last two weeks. So let's not get, you know, too crazy here when it comes to talking praise in the offensive line and, and, you know, things like that. But the line looks good and they're running the football. I like that a lot. Now, it's not to say that Josh can still sling the ball around. Stephon Diggs, by the way, I, lo- I-, I love Stephon Diggs, man. I- I'm so happy for him. So he had nine catches for 81 yards and a touchdown against the Jets. And he, uh, because of that, well, a couple of things. He becomes the first Buffalo Bill ever in the history of the franchise to have 100 catches or more, two straight years. That's great. That's sentimental. That looks good on pro football reference. That looks good on, you know, ESPN.com. When you're going to look up the stats, all that shit, that's awesome. But your boy also was getting paid for getting to 100 catches on Sunday. Make no mistake. He wanted to get to 100 catches and he did because he did. He got like $1.5 million in base salary bonuses over the next two years. I think he gets 750K next year and then 800K extra in 2023 because he got to 100. And now he also, and again, going back to the record books here, he also owns the, uh, the two best catch seasons in team history. He had 127 last year, over 100 this year. He uh, surpassed Eric Maltz. So he's got number one and number two. He's been with the Bills for two years, and he's got the best two reception seasons in the history of the franchise. And one last thing, too, 10 catches uh, or touchdown catches, also a career high. So Man, what an asset he is. What an asset Stefan Diggs has been to the Buffalo Bills. What an amazing trade. Now, I know Justin Jefferson's been great with Minnesota, and they could have been who the Bills would have drafted. But, man, I can't imagine where this team would have been without Stephon Diggs right now. You know, like say if that Antonio Brown trade had went through and they didn't trade for Stefan Diggs, I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to think about that shit. Stephon Diggs has been the man. And look, we can talk offense all we want, but here's, here's the bottom line. Again, even if you thought that game was a little bit on the ugly side, the defense, man, defense, unbelievable, isn't it? Five net passing yards for the New York Jets and Zach Wilson on Sunday. Five. Five. Nine sacks. The most by any Sean McDermott coach team since he came here. Addison, two sacks. Hoyer, two sacks. Ed Oliver, who, by the way, has been a beast this year. One and a half sacks. Milano a sack. Boogie a sack. AJ Benessa even a sack. Jerry Hughes had a half a sack. So I got two for the year, by the way. Just an unbelievable defensive effort. For most this year, by the way. The Bills finished in the NFL number one in the entire NFL in defense this year. Number one overall. Number one pass defense. Number one scoring defense. I think the only other time, and I don't have it in front of me, and I'm not going to bother looking now, I think there might have been one time in franchise history where the Bills had the number one defense in the league. And I could be wrong, but I think that might even be going back to the AFL days. Just a, man, such a good defense. Um, There's two things going into the playoffs to be concerned about. And I'm talking about directly from this game. I'm not talking about necessarily the opponent or just going forward. Again, the passing game, I think it needs to be a little bit crisper and we all know that. And I think it will be, by the way, as long as the weather's not horrible this weekend coming up i'm not worried about that i'll tell you one thing i ain't worried about though and that's this goddamn punter matt hawk man he stinks it's so much fun to watch the bills play football games and not have to punt and it's not fun to watch them punt because this i mean look for all brandon beans hits and there's a lot of them and we hit on some of his misses as well we've talked about him in the show some rook you know pretty high draft picks that haven't quite pan out some Defensive lineman, free agent signings that haven't panned out. N- signing Matt th- Hawks, this ranks pretty low on Brandon Bean's list of achievements right now because this dude is horrible, and I'm concerned. I'm concerned in a playoff one possession game, maybe in the fourth quarter, this guy's going to shank an a 18-yard punt near at his own 30-yard line that could cause uh, the winning points for the other team. I'm scared of that shit. I don't want to be scared of my punter, but I'm scared of our punter. Special teams this year for Buffalo has been very up and down, with the exception of Tyler, Tyler Bass. I mean, you got Micah Hyde back there returning punts. Although, to be fair, I'm perfectly fine with Micah Hyde returning punts. But, you know, McDermott doesn't trust Isaiah McKenzie. Seems like he doesn't trust Marquette Stevenson. There's just a lot of things to worry about. But I am legitimately worried about uh, the punter. And I hope that doesn't end up mattering against the, God, it would suck so bad to potentially lose a playoff game because they're a goddamn punter, right? But anyway, all right. Two more things and we're out here. So I want to look ahead briefly. Let's say that. And again, we're going to, talk, I'm going to talk about this much more during the week with Ben and whoever else is is going to be on the show. I'm good with the New England Patriots. All right. Let me just put that out there right now. I think the Bills are a better football team. And <laughs> you want to talk about a a cesspool of fighting. You should have been on Twitter on Sunday night because it was either, we knew it was going to be the Chargers or the Patriots. and Whatever team you wanted to see the Bills face, you were very adamant about it. And I'm going to tell you right now, I get it. The Chargers are a very inconsistent football team. The Chargers are a West Coast team. The Chargers would have had to come to the East Coast in freezing-ass cold temperatures, possibly snow, wind, who the hell knows, and came to Buffalo on prime time, and maybe they're not ready for that. I'm going to tell you right now, dude, when I watched Justin Herbert play those last five minutes of the fourth quarter, I'm like, I don't want none to do with this, dude. Fucking zero. I was rooting for the Raiders by the end of that football game Sunday night. And in the overtime, I was rooting for the Raiders almost like the Buffalo Bills were playing. <laughs> so I wanted nothing to do with that. And again, I, I know who the New England Patriots are. See, that's the thing. The New England Patriots are a good football team. They're going to be a tough out. Don't get fooled by them losing to Miami um, Sunday. Don't be fooled that the Bills, Well, oh, you can be fooled a little bit. You know, the Bills gave them a pretty thorough ass whooping a couple weeks ago. But look, here's the thing about the New England Patriots, right? They ain't gonna beat themselves. They uh you have to beat them. They're a good team, they're a physical team, they're a strong team, they they play good defense, and you run the football. They got the greatest coach of all time, a guy who's been in countless big game situations this ain't going can phase him. This is just this is another year for Bill Belichick. This is another playoff game, you know. That's what it is. But here's the thing. This is what I come back to. You can't beat Mac Jones in the playoffs. You, you don't deserve to go on any further. Simple as that. And this is why I wanted to play the Patriots instead of the Los Angeles Chargers. Because to me, it's always about when football, and I know defense wins championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defenses contribute to championships in today's football. For me, it's about the quarterback and Josh Allen is considerably better than Mac Jones. Justin Herbert is a lot better than Mac Jones. All right. So Josh Allen against Mac Jones to me is a better matchup than Josh Allen against Justin Herbert. I look at the Bills defense and they've survived Trey White. Now in fairness to to you know opponents, they haven't really been tested too much as secondary, quite frankly, to corners by really good receiving units since Trey White got hurt on Thanksgiving night against the New Orleans Saints, all right? Now they played Tampa and they had Godwin and Antonio Brown. I think at the time, Tampa, or Evans, I'm sorry, not Brown. They they got a lot of weapons, okay? Two great receivers, but the Bills haven't seen that since. And Dane Jackson and Levi Wallace against Mike Williams and Kenan Allen with Justin Herbert throwing the football was not a matchup I was looking forward to watching. I'm just going to be honest with you, man, from a Bills perspective. Now I know the Patriots can run the football, but you know what? Just stop the run better. It's all you got to do. Make Matt Jones beat you with his arm. He ain't going to do it. He ain't going to do it, folks. And again, we will talk about this in much more uh, detail throughout the week. Now, of course, when you're playing the Patriots or any team for that matter, I don't even care if it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's two great equalizers in the postseason when it comes to Buffalo Bills football, in Orchard Park especially. A, turnovers. Same case every game, every stadium, every time of the year. Don't matter where. Turnovers. And then weather. And you can deny that first game about the weather, but... That was the ultimate factor. And I'm not going to bother trying to guess what Saturday night's going to look like right now. It's Sunday night, Monday morning. I don't care what my weather app says. I don't give a shit. I don't trust it. Five, six days ahead of time. But, dude, don't make, don't be full, don't make no mistake about it, man. How windy it is, how much snow there is, especially wind. Wind, 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 win. Snow, the elements, how much they slow down the Bills offense, the passing game, could be a huge factor, man. And to just blow that off like it ain't going to matter... Stupid, so I know that could be if the weather's bad, advantageous to the New England Patriots who can run the football and play better defense than the Chargers. But again, I'm going to take my chances every single time. I like the Bills, and we'll talk about that, like I said, throughout the week. One last thing, and then I do want to get out of here. This deserves more of a conversation, and I'm hoping to have one depending on who I get for Wednesday's show. But I'd like to talk with somebody who's more into like breaking down film and thing with players because I have been exceptionally hard to shear on Tremaine Edmonds. And I mean, really fucking hard, man. I've been very, very critical of him. And for the record, a lot of you listening have as well. So don't deny that shit. Here's the thing about Tremaine Edmonds, man. I, I don't think he's a great linebacker, all right? And I use regular stats that we all have easy access to to back them up. Impact stats, I guess we'll call them. Now, I know statistically... Your boy racks up tackles. He's had like over hundred tackles all four years in Buffalo. That seems to me like, like that's all he does. Right. I mean, he definitely, he don't get sacks. He, he doesn't, he don't get interceptions. He don't force fumbles. He doesn't recover fumbles. I'm not even sure he's ever had a career forced fumble or uh recovered fumble, to be honest with you. So anyway, those kind of stats. So it's easy to be critical. So he, Jermaine Evans is a, He's a polarizing dude, all right? He is a, he's an easy target. And it seems like there's always a dude or two on every sports team, whether it's football, no matter what sport it is, there's always somebody on a team, sometimes a couple players that fans are just really harsh with. They're very overly critical. Sometimes it's, well, it's for a variety of reasons. Expectations, obviously the biggest one, but sometimes it's because of your draft stature. You're a really high draft picker. Sometimes it's because you're making Pro Bowls or All-Star games where it doesn't necessarily feel like you should be or that you're a lock to be an All-Star or a Pro Bowler. Sometimes it's that players get a really good contract. I mean, look, man, if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you're probably a Sabres fan. How many shitty contracts have we seen with the Sabres over the years where guys are making tons of money and not really doing shit on the field, you know? So anyway, you just get held to different standards when it comes to money or draft stature. Or Sometimes those things. Tremaine Jermaine Evans kind of fits all three of those, right? And I think because of that he's kind of become a a whipping boy of sorts and anyway, this is what i've co- come to uh conclude all right and I'm being honest here I- i've I've been hard on the guy, but in fairness to myself here man i've i have praised him too when it's warranted i feel like i mean i i feel like I've tried to be objective when it comes to tremaine edmonds i at least i've tried i have praised him i mean you can go on my check my Twitter and search Jermaine Evans and whatever. I'm pretty sure you'll find at least a decent amount of praiseworthy tweets about him. But anyway, here, here's the thing. I'm, I've been steadfast and, and kind of like dying on a hill that I just think the guy's overrated. In fact, I, th- I know one time during the season, I said, considering that he's a pro bowler and his contract, he might be the most overrated linebacker in the NFL. I said that I own it. And I've, I've come to realize I listen a lot of I'm doing a better job of listening to other people smarter football people people who are breaking down his film people who are accomplished in the business of analyzing football players and I'm coming to realize and learn that some of the things that Jermaine Evans does well maybe the average fan doesn't see it or certainly don't see it on the same level as others who are who are more locked in and this is the bottom line I mean there's just too many football people out there right now, smart football people, football people that I respect and I admire, whether again, whether it's national analysts, whether it's some people locally in Buffalo who break down a lot of film and do a great job of doing it too, by the way, um, sort of see just, they show how good he actually is as a football player. And uh, I've been going back and forth on Twitter with a lot of these people kind of dying on that hill. Like I, I talked about but they'll point out things on film, man. And you know, from the groundy covers to, to his ability in pass coverage, to, to his ability to make quarterbacks do shit that they don't want to do in the passing game. I just, I feel like I should acknowledge that at this point because I, I feel like, all right, this is how I feel, man. This is gonna be my last thought here. And again, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, plenty more to talk about. I feel like part of growing as a, as a person or, or maybe as a fan, whatever, a podcast or anything, any of that shit, man, whatever you want to call it, you need to accept that sometimes when you have a take, that it's not always right. And you don't always have to be willing to die on the hill because you, you don't want to seem like you've caved or in. you're giving in and changing your mind about something. Like God forbid you're wrong. Because sometimes, and again, it's a process. You believe what you want to believe, but if you're willing to open yourself up and objectively look at what other people are, are telling you and see what other people are telling you and listen to what other people are telling you, You could arrive that sometimes it's not everyone else out there who's wrong. Sometimes it's actually uh, you who's wrong. You know, Jermaine Edmonds isn't going to make impact plays like Micah Parsons does. Jermaine Edmonds is never going to be Brian Urlacher. At least I don't think he is anyway. But Jermaine Edmonds, and I'm finally starting to get it now, he's better than many, many people out there, including myself, obviously, have given credit for. I mean, he is... You call the middle linebacker the quarterback. Jermaine Edmonds is the quarterback of the number one defense in the NFL. And he's playing really well. He's the centerpiece. He's the anchor. This is the number one defense in the NFL. And it's times people like me, and hopefully if you felt the same way, people like you are starting to give in a little bit and give the guy credit because uh, he deserves some praise right now. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode, this mini pot, even though it's kind of went a little bit longer than I wanted to. One last reminder, Benjamin Albright on Tuesday. I'm going to have somebody locally on Wednesday, casual Friday with Joe Yurden on Friday. Thank you for listening very much. This is going to be a fun week, man. Bills, Patriots, anytime the Bills play the Patriots is big. And the Bills play the Patriots in the football playoffs, man. Woo-hoo. It's going to be a lot of fun. So talk to you guys throughout the week. And by the way, I'm losing my voice.